listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special bonus episode of the Screeners. This is Chad. And I'm Daniel. And we are here tonight to talk about all things Oscars. Now, I know what you're saying, guys. It's really, it's months away from even Oscar nominations, and that is true. But Daniel and I were talking today, and we're going to give these fine folks a chance to hear about some films they may not have heard about and hopefully guide them to discover some movies that they otherwise may not see. I know, Daniel, Oscars are a big passion for you, and so although this is going to be through the lens of what we think will be nominated and honored at Oscar time, primarily, we haven't seen many of these movies, right? But we know enough about them that I think we're going to have a good discussion here tonight to suggest uh, what people maybe check out in the future, right? So before we get going, remember, you can always find us on Facebook. Search for The Screeners Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at ScreenersCast, and you can email us, ScreenersCast at gmail.com. So before we get into our main event tonight, Daniel and I, Daniel, I got to be honest with you, I got a little bone to pick with you. So, All and right. I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same way. So from time to time, Daniel and I both, and here's a little plug for letterboxd.com. Uh, it's a, a, a film lover's website. It's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D.com. And it gives you a chance to go on there and interact with other cinephiles. You can rank movies. You can review movies. You can follow people that you're interested in. But one of the neat features of Letterboxd is it allows you to create lists. And so this past week, having just reviewed Mindhunter, I I had David Fincher on my mind. And I thought I would just do a very innocent ranking of my perception of David Fincher's work. And so I put out my top 10 movies uh, in order of his filmography and was immediately met with hatred and scorn by Daniel and lots of other people. Rightfully so. (laughs) Because they don't believe that my list is true. And I think what this all came down to was really over one movie in particular. And that movie is Fight Club. So I have to be honest and say that I think the best movie that David Fincher has ever done is Zodiac. I really think that's an unmitigated masterpiece in tone, in pacing, in performance, in just filmmaking. It's you're, a masterpiece. You're not class. wrong with your compliments. There. You're definitely <clears throat> that's, not wrong. That's true. And let's be honest. When you're talking about picking between the films of David Fincher, it's like trying to pick your favorite child because so right. many of these are just magnificent. But... Uh, We got some response back and forth on Twitter and on Facebook from lots of different people who chimed in and just could not believe, because I don't want to bury the lead here, could not believe that I had Fight Club as his fifth. I'm going to give you my top five, and then Daniel will give you his, and then we can talk about it, because uh, it did stirred up a lot of conversation. So my number one movie was Zodiac. My number two movie was Gone Girl. My number three movie was Seven. My number four was The Social Network, and my number five was Fight Club. I thought that I may get a lot of grief about Gone Girl 7. Not so much. It was really all about Fight Club being that low. Now, Daniel, I believe that you have a different perspective on Fight Club. Where does that fall in your rankings? Yeah, my ranking, we have the same top five, just different order. Uh, my, My ranking is Fight Club at number one, Social Network at number two, Zodiac, Way too high. Gone Girl at four and seven at five. Um, yeah, to to me, 
the top three there, Fight Club, Social Network, and Zodiac, all three, in my opinion, are masterpieces. Uh, so for it's really splitting hairs. By me disagreeing with Chad's picks, it's not because I think Zodiac's a bad movie or or any of these are bad movies. None of them. They're all great. They're all amazing. But uh, Fight Club is Fight Club's in my top ten of all time. Uh, it might even be in my top five of all time. That is one of my favorite films ever. It's got to be number one. And then Social Network. Social Network and Zodiac are pretty close for me, but I think Social Network just edges it out just just barely because it's a little more satisfying. You know, Zodiac is a masterpiece, but it's a little un- unsatisfying in an awesome way. But but Social Network's just a little more accessible, a little more. It's it's more commercial, honestly, and and so it it uh, it's easier to rank up higher for me. Well, I w- I am going to have a confession to make here. So while we were sitting here talking, I had a change of heart. And Uh-oh. this is legit. I pulled a Chris Farrell, even though Chris is not here. We should say <laughs> Chris and Melody are on a trip in Greece, Amazing. and Josh uh, was unable to record tonight. But I'm going to pull a Chris here. And while you were talking, Daniel, I, Daniel, I did make an audible, and I, I don't know how I did this. You're going to disagree with this for sure because you and I disagree about this movie as well. But I did switch Fight Club from fifth to fourth and I put social network from fourth to fifth. I agree with you about everything that you said related to the social network that it was more commercial and more accessible but for me it also felt a lot more commercial and a lot more accessible and I think it I think that's why it didn't have while I I certainly love that movie I own that movie I've seen it many times and of course anything that Aaron Sorkin writes I I love but for me, I never, I didn't leave that movie just really gripped. I just enjoyed the experience. Whereas with Zodiac and Gone Girl, and especially Gone Girl, I did not expect that from. But but Zodiac in particular, I left that movie and it stayed with me for several days. It just, I couldn't get it out. Of it you know how a movie gets it gets its hooks into you, yeah. and you just can't stop thinking about it. So, I, you know, this is all in good fun because ultimately David Fincher is one of the greatest filmmakers ever, uh, and his filmography speaks for itself. So at least feel good, Daniel, that you got me to move Fight Club up one more spot above Social Network. But I would suggest if any of you haven't seen these movies. They yes. all stand up today. Zodiac, Gone Girl, Seven, Fight Club, The Social Network are all done by a master. But you're trying to you're trying to rush to the end here. I feel that I feel you doing it. But that's very convenient, Chad. Uh, you did pull out <laughs> you did put out a, a Twitter poll. I it's think not you, finished yet. By the way, uh, I have one more day. Yeah. I have one more day. I think you wanted to to go without mentioning it, but I'm going to bring it up. Now you, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. I got a little aggravated. Got a little <laughs> aggravated at Daniel because we were back and forth on our Slack channel, and 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 actually I think this may have been on Facebook where I, I said, Daniel, do you really think that Fight Club is better than Gone Girl and Seven and as a movie? And he replied, Yes, I do. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I said, Well, Daniel, I'll show you. Darn it! And I <laughs> ran to Twitter and I put out a poll with just a very simple question: Which is a better movie, Zodiac or The Social Network? And to my dismay, I gave three days. Now I still have I still have, to be fair, I have one more day and I'm I'm hoping for the underdogs to pull it through. I think I had seventy-two or seventy-five percent vote for the social network, which is super disappointing because that movie's just not as good as Zodiac. It's it, just it not. It's not, people. It I love you. I love you, but it's not. Listen, I'm not gonna hate on you. I have come to realize that the world is siding with Daniel on this one, and they yes. think the social network is better than Zodiac. 
I can't, I can't really allow that to be true in my heart, but it may be true in the world. So, lest, lest we forget, Social Network almost won Best Picture in its year. It was very, very close. So that's like still saying it didn't win, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, it was at least nominated. <laughs> it won as movies. it won as many Best Pictures uh, Oscars as Zodiac did. Zero. So with that out of the way, with Daniel having crushed my spirit and my hopes for people to come around to the underrated masterpiece that is Zodiac, I will tip my cap to you, sir, and say that the world is with you on social network and maybe even Fight Club. But with that, Daniel, let's talk about some movies that maybe people have not seen. And let's move to our main event. Welcome to the main event. For our main event in this bonus episode, we are talking Oscars. Chad... It is my favorite time of year. It is a great time of year. And yes, it's it's October, but we are right in the heart of Oscar season. It kind of kicks off around September and runs through the end of the year as all the movies are coming out. And then, of course, this year the Oscars are actually kind of late in the year. They're at the beginning of March. Usually they're somewhere in February, so it's a little bit later this year. So uh, that that just means we've got more Oscar season, so I'm, I'm all for it. This year, a lot of the contenders uh, have not come out yet, and so I haven't seen most of the movies that we're going to talk about today. But that doesn't mean that we can't talk about them, because for, for two different reasons. One, we want to just highlight some of the awesome movies that are coming out this fall. That's one of the beauties of Oscar season, not just the, the winning of the Oscars and all that, but it just kind of highlights non-blockbusters. There are other movies other than Thor, Justice League, and The Last Jedi coming out this fall. The, the second thing is that the Oscars... Uh, Chad, you and I don't vote for the Oscars. We have no say in who's going to win. And so that's why we're able to talk about and kind of predict what's going to win uh, without having seen these movies because our opinion doesn't really matter. It's, it's kind of like the rest of my life and my wife would agree with you. My opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all about buzz and what wins at different festivals and, and what are critics talking about and, and all sorts of things. It all just kind of snowballs into award season. So tonight we're going to talk about all these movies that should be on your radar, especially if you want to predict the Oscars, but just if you like good movies. We are going to dive right in. We're going to start and just kind of talk through a lot of the movies that are going to contend in Best Picture. So we'll start with talking about the films that premiered at festivals this year. Now, to, to start with, this is a really weird Oscar season. There is no clear frontrunner. Uh, we are almost to November, and usually by this time, after you know Telluride, Toronto, a few other festivals, we have at least a couple frontrunners for Best Picture and a few of the other awards. The race is just completely wide open right now. Uh, it's, of course, going to keep narrowing, and we have some ideas... But we really, I could, I could sit here and legitimately make a case for probably four or five movies winning Best Picture right now. It's just, it's just wide open. It's very strange. We haven't had a race like this uh, as long as I've been following the Oscars. Yeah, so. that's that's true. And I also say too, one of the things that this this year is shaping up to be the most Oscars year ever. And and what I mean by that is. There's the for the general film going public out there, as we all know, we've gone through this journey of opening it up to allow more uh, nominees in the best picture category so that more mainstream fare can get in. And it looks like unless there are some some surprises that we could have maybe one sort of mainstream movie. And we'll talk about that a little later as we get down. But I, I think it's possible that we could have a full slate of best picture nominees full of movies that most people 
would not even know about. Maybe one, maybe the Spielberg movie, maybe. And so now obviously they're going to know about them because of the Oscar campaigns, etc. But there's not like that high buzz movie like a Dark Knight or something like that that people can get by can get behind. So this is when you say it's wide open, it is wide open. That's absolutely true. So even though a lot of these movies, like you said, they're not super mainstream. What's interesting about this year that I that I'm as I'm looking at all these contenders, they do kind of seem, even though they're smaller movies, they're very a lot more diverse than most Oscar years. Some dark comedies, which comedies you know, notoriously do not do very well at the Oscars. And I'm looking at one in my predictions. I'm predicting it to win Best Picture as of now. Anyway, so the weird thing with the festivals uh, are that usually that's where all our contenders break out. And, of course, Toronto International Film Festival is one of the best predictors. They're People's Choice Award for the ever since 2008, except for one year. It has, Their winner of that award has gone on to be nominated for Best Picture, and three of them have actually won Best Picture. So it's a very, very good predictor uh, for that category. And so this year, it went to the dark comedy I was talking about, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. You ain't trying to make me believe in reincarnation, are you? Because you're pretty, but you ain't her. She got killed. Still no rest. How come, I wonder? Because there ain't no God and the whole world's empty and it doesn't matter what we do to each other? I hope not. I don't know what the police are doing. I hadn't heard a word from them in seven goddamn months. I'll tell you this. I've heard an awful lot from them since I put them billboards up. So that trailer was actually a little bit more dramatic, uh, but it, it actually appears to be a pretty pretty darkly funny... That One of the trailers I've watched is actually really hilarious. Um, it's from the director, Martin McDonough, uh, who did In Bruges. Did you ever watch In Bruges? Oh, yeah, I love In yeah, Bruges. It's, it's great. fantastic, really funny, but also dark. Yeah, definitely. And so that's, that's kind of what this is looking like. So for that to win the People's Choice Award was kind of a shock, um, but people are loving this movie. They absolutely love it. So Three Billboards is about a mom who gets frustrated uh, about the investigation into her daughter's death or disappearance. I'm not quite sure. So she puts up these three billboards calling out the police. And so it's it's supposed to be funny and emotional and a real crowd pleaser, honestly. So Yeah, and it's got a great cast. Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell. And I haven't seen, you know, my stance on trailers. So I saw the first trailer for this one, and I haven't seen any of the subsequent trailers. So I really didn't know. I didn't get the full comic sensibility of this in the first trailer. So now that I've heard that you talk about it, Daniel, I'm even more excited because I think this could be really, really great and different than what Oscar would normally recognize. Absolutely. And so, like like we said at the start, we're only talking about Best Picture now. Uh, So a lot of the movies we're going to mention are going to have are going to be contending in other categories and we'll kind of briefly go through like the acting categories but for right now we're just focusing on picture so that's definitely one to look out for uh another one from uh that was a runner-up in toronto uh was a movie called call me by your name uh this is a film about a grad student who's spending the summer in italy falls in love with uh, another, the son of a professor. Uh, It's kind of a a gay romance drama kind of thing based on a book, a very popular book apparently, uh, that I hadn't heard of. 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's really uh, supposed to be uh, kind of like before midnight kind of kind of vibes. But uh, it's another film that people are really loving uh, in the festival circuit. So yeah, stars uh, Army Hammer, and I'm gonna butcher this name, but Tim- <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, and and this is a movie that I think I've heard a lot about this as well. So be interested to see to see what happens. There usually is, and I, you know I don't like to get into politics at all, and I'm not saying that this is that, but there usually is if you look historically. There typically is a Best Picture nominee that you could call a an an issues picture a social issues picture that'll be whether it's racism or homosexuality or uh war or whatever it may be that certainly doesn't mean that the movie doesn't warrant the nomination but you can usually expect in oscar that there will be one or two of those movies that that's has that is the central theme and so this is sort of looking like that this may be that picture for this year yeah and i've actually uh going back to three billboards i've heard similar things about that in uh that it could be our issues movie because uh, the the crime that uh, Frances McDormand's daughter I don't I don't know if she disappeared or died but it has a lot to do with sexual assault yeah so uh, that was a runner up Toronto so definitely want to look out for that actually won the Venice Film Festival uh, is Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water now for me Guillermo del Toro he he has he's a interesting director more than I would say a good director uh, Pan's Labyrinth is amazing side of that I would just everything else he's done is is fine this one i actually was not looking forward to the trailer didn't really grab me but people are raving about this movie it's about a it's set in the cold war uh about a, a mute woman played by sally hawkins who uh works in this government facility that is housing a, a creature a kind of fish-like human humanoid creature and yeah. they fall in love a little human on fish action for yes. you Yes, so uh, definitely, definitely another one that's not Oscar traditional Oscar fare. But you know, it checks off some of the boxes. Main character with a disability. It's set in a older time period. Things like that. So uh, yeah, and I, and I should say if there is, and this sounds ridiculous since we just said it's literally a human and a fish kind of humanoid <laughs> thing. But if there is a movie that maybe has a chance to break through the mainstream. This might be it just because of Del Toro's name recognition and the fact that it is so out there that if people really start to love it, it may it may break the the cultural consciousness, maybe. But yeah. this this is the movie that I that I am clearly I don't want to say the most excited about. I'm the most curious about because I honestly have no idea what to expect from this film. But I, I I like Del Toro a little bit more than you do, Daniel. I think that some of his later work is is really excellent. But this is something that uh, I can't wait to see. Yeah, definitely want to look out for. I'm I'm the more I see the trailer. I've seen the trailer so many times. It, it plays before every movie I see. Uh, the more it kind of grows on me. So I'm. And, of course, I'm hearing the praise about it, so I'm definitely interested. Uh, and yeah. the weird thing about that movie, being a, a, a human-on-fish love story, I saw a movie with my grandmother, actually, uh, and this trailer came on, and she turned to me and said, I can't wait to see that one. So, uh, speaking of more traditional audiences, uh, another film that's, that's really taken off at the festivals is Darkest Hour. We must now select my successor, and it's only one man the opposition will accept. He stands for one thing, and one thing only, himself. You have the full weight of the world on your shoulders. We're facing certain defeat on land, the annihilation of our army, and imminent invasion. We must negotiate peace talks. When will the lesson be learned? You cannot reason with a tiger! 
when your head is in its mouth. Nonsense. The only slippery slope. Would you stop interrupting me while I am interrupting you? So Darkest Hour is Joe Wright's Winston Churchill biopic about him, I think right in the midst of World War II. To me, this is the one that feels very much like a, a traditional Oscar piece. Like this was this was a Best Picture winner, you know, five or six years ago. This could get a lot of vote from the older crowd. Yeah, and Joe Wright is kind of an Oscar-ish director. I mean, he, he did Atonement, Anna Karenina. He fits that classical mold, and this, it's hard not to... I mean, you can see this movie right alongside The Iron Lady and yeah. The King's Speech and big historical significance. And this one in particular is just tailor-made because the central performance is so showy yeah. in in order for it to be accurate to the character. So I would be surprised if this didn't garner multiple nominations. Unless unless it's one of those movies like Iron Lady where it's really just the performance that's that's really stand out and everything else may be a step down. Who knows? Yeah, I have heard very good things about this, that it is more than uh, the performance Gary Oldman plays Winston Churchill. Uh, so, yeah, I'm. I, and look, I love the Oscars, and so that means even traditional Oscar bait, I am all for it. It looks great, so I'm really excited for it. Yeah, yeah, I am too. It should be. I, I love Gary Oldman in so many things. I'm just, I'm excited to, you know, to see what he brings to this And to he this project. is unrecognizable 100%. Yeah, yeah. I've not even seen the trailer for this one at all. I just saw what it was about, and I was, I said, okay, I'm in. I don't need to see any more. Seriously, I saw before the trailer came out, like a few months ago. So they put out like a promotional image of him as Winston Churchill, and I could never, in a million years, I would have never guessed who was under all the makeup. On kind of the opposite spectrum, probably the 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 least traditional Oscar movie on our whole list here is a, an indie called The Florida Project. Okay, I warned you, one drip and you're out. Oh, come on! Out now! It's gonna melt outside! It's melting inside, too. But Bobby... Out. Thank you very much. You're not welcome! The man who lives in here gets arrested a lot. These are the rooms we're not supposed to go in. But let's go anyway! Hey, Lee, got a situation here. Open up. It's only second week of the summer, and there's already been a dead fish in the pool. We're trying to get it back alive. Water balloons thrown at tourists. Boobies! Boobies! I failed as a mother, Moni. Yeah, Mom, you're a disgrace. So the Florida Project is from the director of Tangerine, which was an indie hit a few years back. Uh, that was It, it kind of got a lot of notoriety because it was shot only on iPhones. And I never actually saw it. I know you saw it, right? I did. I saw it. And I, I, I it's one of those things that I wish I had not known it was shot on iPhones before I went in because I was somewhat distracted by that at the beginning. I will say it's really pretty ugly, like the first 15, 20 minutes. But then once you adjust yourself... To, and I mean ugly as in like the the actual image itself. But once you adjust to it, 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 it works like any other movie. Uh, it had some really interesting performances. Uh, I didn't love the movie overall. I thought it was it was funny and moving, uh, but I didn't. I, did, I think it got more credit because of how it was shot than the actual quality of the movie of itself. Although I understand why some people really, you know, really love it. Sure. 
and uh, the Florida Project looks great. This one is actually out, uh, not all over the country. I'm still waiting for it to get here to Vegas. I think it'll get here next week. But so, it, but it's out in a lot of areas around the country, and it is getting raves. Uh, it's it's uh, stars Willem Dafoe and a group of kids, so a group of unknowns. Just kind of, a, I think it's similar to Tangerine in that it's kind of a day in the life of these kids uh, living in this motel in Florida, and just kind of them exploring and and uh, kind of seeing the world through their eyes. Uh, so I'm really excited to see this. It's supposed to be great. Um, definitely a very crowd pleaser movie. Uh, a big hit at the fest. Yeah, I am too. I just from the again, I haven't watched the trailer, but just from listening to the first. 30 or 40 seconds it seems like it's going to be really funny and just adorable those kids you know those the lines that they've got there already just just make me smile and and want to see this even more so another big surprise hit at the festivals uh this is probably the biggest surprise hit from any of the festivals this year uh, and that is i tanya america they want someone to love They want someone to hate. And the haters always say, Tanya, tell the truth. There's no such thing as truth. I mean, it's bullshit. So I, Tanya actually went into Toronto with no distributor. It's just, it's an indie movie. It stars Margot Robbie as Tanya Harding. I'm not, I'm actually not too familiar with her story. I know she orchestrated an attack on a fellow figure skater in the nineties. I'm sure you know all of this, Chad. I do know all about it. I was alive. (laughs) Yeah. Nancy Kerrigan. It was, it was an infamous story where she hired someone to attack her bitter rival with a crowbar and hit her in the knee at an event. So yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. So, uh, this, this, like I said, went into a festival with no distributor, went into Toronto and was such a big hit. It actually was another runner up for the people's choice award at Toronto. Um, and so it got picked up by neon, which is kind of a fledgling studio. And so this is really poised to be a big hit. People really love this movie, got excellent performances. Uh, so it should be really interesting. So we'll yeah, and it, se- it seems from the trailer, too, that this may uh, have a little comedic bent as well, yeah. kind of a satirical kind of... Because the thing is, without getting too much into the movie, because we haven't seen it, but spoilers for real life, you know, Nancy Kerrigan had a had a, a feud with uh, Tanya Harding, and after all this went down, Tanya Harding had a very interesting descent into lots of different things. This could be, uh, especially with Margot Robbie, depending on how she plays it, this could be ripe to be mined for kind of a satirical dark commentary on competition and who knows all kinds of other things so i'm 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 very interested to see this for sure so those are kind of the the major contenders from the festivals there are a few other long shots uh that that are came out at the festivals that we could see surge we still got a few more months of competition so really it's it's anybody's game here uh you got ladybird which is greta gerwig's directorial debut that people really seem to love battle of the sexes which is out nationwide. I saw it a few weeks back, and that was pretty good. It's a crowd pleaser with uh, Steve Carell and Emma Stone. Really good movie. Uh, Downsizing, Alexander Payne's latest movie, which didn't really get as much a a, a good reception as his films normally do, so that one might not make it in. Uh, Mudbound, which is uh, Netflix's big uh, attempt at getting Oscars this year. I think they're going to fail just because it's Netflix. 
last <laughs> uh, Last Flag Flying from Richard Linklater, which I'm really looking forward to. It's kind of it's gotten mostly good reviews, uh, but I'm not sure that it can break into Best Picture. And then Wonder Wheel from Woody Allen, uh, which is kind of a whole other discussion in this climate with all the stuff with Harvey Weinstein, whether or not a Woody Allen movie can get back into the Oscars. I'm not I'm not sure if it can. Uh, so, but it's not just festival movies that get nominated for Best Picture here. So we actually have uh, a few other contenders to talk about. Contenders, there are a few contenders from earlier in the year that have a great shot at Best Picture. The the f- or getting nominated, I should say. The one that has the best shot is, of course, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. This is definitely, absolutely going to get nominated for Best Picture. No question about it. It. it it could i could see a, a world in which this wins i don't think it will but you know it's it war movie it, the oscars love war movies and it was a huge hit at the box office so there's it could but it'll definitely yeah. be nominated no question well let me say this too that having not seen any of the movies that we've just previously discussed <laughs> as we sit here in october i would have no problem with that movie right now winning Best Picture because it's phenomenally yeah, good. It is. I mean, so uh, we've got to watch all the movies, but uh, but Dunkirk is, people kind of forget about it. It was in the summer or at the end of the summer. It was a Christopher Nolan movie. It feels like it's not in this award season, but, but it's legit. It's legit, and yeah. I think it's going to pick up some awards, especially on the technical side. Yeah, it definitely tech awards, I think. And honestly, we still have a few more months to go. Uh, but I don't see my prediction for Christopher Nolan winning Best Director changing. I think he will win Best Director for that movie. Uh, but yeah, the biggest things playing against it are, like you said, it's July release date. Typically, movies do not do, go far at the Oscars uh, if they're not released in what's considered Oscar season, just because it's it's you have to remember it. You know, it's it's came out a long time ago. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But it's definitely going to get nominated. No question about it. Another contender. Uh, this this one's a little more. Con- contentious it's not definite at all but one of the best reviewed movies of this year is get out jordan peele's horror movie uh now this one is one of those that's on the edge but that movie has such uh, a big amount of support that i i'm still betting on it getting in i think this that movie will get nominated for best picture what do you think chad i think it has a chance and i am one of those people that every year i get frustrated at the Oscars, more so than you do, Daniel, because they oftentimes will nominate and or award movies based on whatever is going on socially at the time. Let me get this out of the way. I freaking love Get Out. It is a great movie. Is it one of the best movies of the year? I don't know. I need to see the rest of the movies yet. So if it gets nominated for Best Picture, then... I wouldn't have a problem with it per se, but I do think it's on the outside looking in just because it's not, while it's good and it's funny and it's it's very well written and well crafted, I don't know that it, it may be in my top 10, but uh, if it is, it'll be in the lower half of the top 10. So this is for me personally, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I, I if I'm going to side with you right now and say right now in October, it probably is going to get it get a nomination yeah and for me I, I think i like it better than you do uh I, it's it's right now it's my number two favorite movie of the year i see it staying pretty high i mean i haven't seen uh, interesting any of the movies we just mentioned uh but i see it staying staying pretty high up there i really like it a lot it's kind of it's it's on a lot of people's lists it's between the ten, number 10 spot and number you know 
12 spot. That's where it is for me, I think. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I think, and speaking objectively about the Oscars this year, we are looking at yet another very white year at the Oscars. Um, and Which so, is why I think it will get a nomination. Yes, absolutely. And, and look, that's just talking objectively, not talking about quality or, or anything like that. That's one of the only movies starring anybody, any people of color. And so that really can't be counted out in, in the climate that we're in. So Yeah, agreed. I, I definitely think it gets in for that reason. And, I, you know, I don't have a, a big problem with that because this movie is, is excellent. Yeah, you know, yeah. if it was a bad movie, because I think there have been some lesser performances that have been uh, overlooked because of social issues in the past sure. uh, or, or that one. Um, but anyway, I mean, perfect example for me is, and again, nothing against this movie, but Sean Penn winning best actor for milk over Mickey Rourke in the wrestler is one of the great Oscar crimes <laughs> to me. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Please continue. Absolutely. So uh, another one, another movie that just recently came out is Blade Runner 2049. Now this is one of those movies, uh, not, not traditional Oscar fair. Of course it's a sci-fi hard sci-fi super long. Uh, but this is one of those that in people's predictions uh, was, was people, a lot of people had it predicting it for one of the lower spots of best picture. In my opinion, I think it's completely out of the question that it gets nominated for best picture. It got great reviews but it just it bombed hard at the box office. It kind of died out of the conversation. So I see it. I see it running the gamut on tech awards. Uh, definitely going to be winning best cinematography. But uh, I don't see it making it in for best picture. But I, I put it on this list just so that we can. It's one of those that people might be talking about. Yeah, I agree. There's no way this gets a best picture nod. Although sound design, sound mixing, cinematography. Maybe director, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I said it's a maybe. It's yeah. a maybe. But on, but on the technical side, for sure, I think this is Roger Deakins' year to finally get that Oscar. Yes. But but I, I I'm I don't think there's any way it's it's gonna win a or even be nominated for best yeah. picture. I agree. Yeah. And uh, and then a few other things that people are trying to start conversation on. A lot of people are trying to get some blockbusters. Uh, nominated. That's the whole reason we have this expanded category. It used to be five nominees. Now it's anywhere from eight to ten. Uh, and that the idea was it, to get non-traditional Oscar movies nominated. And uh, so a lot of people are gunning for specifically Wonder Woman to get nominated for Best Picture. Uh, that's a pipe dream. That's just that's just not going to happen. So um, it's a great movie. I really like it. I like it a lot more than Chad does. Uh, but it is not coming anywhere close to Best Picture. I hope not, because if it got nominated for Best Picture, that would be a travesty. Especially, <laughs> and let's let's even take let's take all of the movies that we just talked about out of the picture, and let's just talk about some of the summer films. So the three, I think, from a quality standpoint, that stand out um, outside of Dunkirk are Wonder Woman, Logan, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Would you agree? That's pretty good representation yeah. there. Of those three movies, Wonder Woman is the worst of those three. Now, I think it's pretty close with War for the Planet of the Apes, but I think Logan, if a if a comic book summer, even that wasn't in the summer, movie was to get nominated, I would prefer that to be Logan, because I think that movie is phenomenally good. Uh, whereas Wonder Woman, I think, is two-thirds good, and then the last act, not so much. But, uh, but I agree with you. There is no way any of those movies are getting Best Picture yeah. nods, I don't think. Let's not forget that no comic book film ever has been nominated for Best Picture or Best Director. So uh, I don't think Wonder Woman nor Logan are even close to the level of quality or to the level of conversation that The Dark Knight uh, was mm. at. So. Now I think, oh no, I agree. I agree with that. I thought you were going a different place. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Yeah. 
I think the thing is, if The Dark Knight came out this year, it would get nominated for everything. Oh, yes. It's I just one of those. It just when it came out, it was ahead of its time. So, yes. yeah, you're right. Believe it or not, we have two more movies to mention. There are still more movies in contention here. Uh, but there are, there are two films that haven't come out anywhere. No festivals, uh, no trailers even. They're, so they're, they're kind of those big question marks of this Oscar season. But that could be poised to to break in the, in, into the conversation, could even win a lot of these Oscars. We just really don't know. Uh, the first one is Steven Spielberg's latest movie, The Post. Uh, this is uh, he, a rushed to production. It filmed earlier this year. Uh, but it's one of those that's very topical. It's about uh, uh, journalists in the 70s, I believe, uh, as they uh, you know, expose a lot of political corruption, things like that, uh, based on the Pentagon Papers. Is that right, Chad? That is correct. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's based it's based on um, the thing is, and the reason it was rushed to production, obviously, is because it's about a cover up that led to cover up that spanned decades that led to a battle between journalism and the government. And right. it's inspired by true events. So, I mean, so obviously you, can, very you can read between those lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Furthermore. So so you've already got a lot of reasons to consider it for Best Picture. Uh, you know, the, the, the topic, the timely topic and it being Steven Spielberg, who's an Oscar darling. But furthermore, it's it stars Meryl Streep. So, good lord, it's going to be nominated for a bunch of Oscars. And, and Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks. <laughs> so it's kind of the epitome of Oscar bait, uh, which does not mean it's bad at all. It could be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. But it's uh, it, it's not going to come out until December, and we haven't even seen a trailer for it. So it's just one of those that's a it's a question mark. I'm predicting it in high up in the best picture category right now just just based on the the talent we'll see where that goes i think we're getting a trailer soon so hopefully that'll enlighten us a little bit yeah and the thing is too and i I don't mean to sound morbid here but steven spielberg's in his 60s and so he's not going to be with us forever and he's he is arguably the greatest filmmaker who's ever lived it's certainly an art you can make an argument and so anything that he puts out I've got to see it right away, and I, I'm I'm very interested in in his take on, let's just be real, on our current situation yeah. between journalism and and the and the government. So I'm I'm interested to see this for sure. As a quick side note, did you watch the Spielberg documentary on HBO yet? I it's it, no I I it's in my to do. I'm trying to finish a couple of seasons of other television shows. I'm trying to finish Orange Is the New Black and a couple other things. I I want to see it, but I've heard awesome things. Have you seen it? Yes, it is amazing. Uh, it's just it's an ode, like you were saying. I mean, he's just one of the greatest filmmakers who's ever lived, without question. And so it's just an ode to him and an insight into his brain, you know, his upbringing. And man, it's amazing. So you guys definitely, it's on HBO now. So go watch it. All right, so one other movie that is a, a question mark, and that is Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread. We know very little about this movie. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson did There Will Be Blood and Boogie Nights and uh, uh, The Master and just a bunch of other great movies. And so he's another one who's been nominated for, for uh, well, his films have been nominated for quite a few Oscars. Anytime he makes a movie, you got to at least consider it for Oscars, have it on your, your long list. And uh, furthermore, this stars Daniel Day-Lewis uh, in what he says is his final role. He says that he's retiring after this film. And he's, of course, won three Best Actor Oscars, so the, more than anybody else uh, in history. So 
you gotta you gotta consider this for a lot of Oscars. At this point, it doesn't matter what it is or what it's about, or it's you have to you have to just assume yeah. that it's going to uh, going to get recognition in some regard. So all we really know about it, uh, very vague details, is that it's it's I believe set in the seventies, uh, and it's just about uh, in the fashion world. I guess Daniel Day Lewis plays kind of a, uh, the head of a fashion house and just kind of insight into his life. That's really all we know. Again, no trailer, no nothing. But it comes out, I believe, in December. So uh, be on the lookout for that because it could definitely contend in a lot of these categories. So we just threw a lot of movies at you, all right? We haven't even touched Best Director, Best Actor, Actress, or any of the other uh, categories, but we definitely will get to those. There's a lot that I have to say. I don't know about you, Chad, but there's a lot. I could talk about Oscars for quite a long time. Hey, and uh, I'm and excited too, Daniel, because we are going to bring multiple bonus content episodes to our listeners about Oscars because you love it so much, yes. and we just got to get that love out into the world. Yes, and uh, I already get a lot of that love out into the world on Twitter. You can follow me at HowitDK, H-O-W-A-T-D-K. You can also follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. And join in the conversation. Like us on Facebook. We always love to talk to you guys. Uh, show that Chad is wrong about David Fincher's filmography. It's always no. a great time. Yes. So join us next time for our episode where we will be reviewing Suburbicon and Only the Brave. We'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time. <laughs>